Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 160th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode of Locked On Blackhawks as soon as it comes out each day, so make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. So to start off today's show, I need to talk about two former Blackhawks getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame yesterday. Congratulations to both Marian Hossa and Doug Wilson on being part of the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2020. Those two joined Calgary Flames legend Jerome McGinley, six-time Stanley Cup champion defenseman Kevin Lowe from the Edmonton Oilers dynasty, Kim St. Pierre, who has the most appearances and wins as a goalie for the Canadian women's national team, and current Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland, who helped facilitate a Detroit Red Wings dominant run of consecutive playoff appearances and also three Stanley Cups in 1998, 2002, and 2008. Hosa and Aginla were the only two first ballot inductees of the class, both rightfully deserved, so congratulations to those two, and man does it feel good to say that Marion Hosa is officially a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's only fitting that Big Hoss gets in the Hall in his first year of eligibility, as he was a gigantic part of the Blackhawks dynasty run, and truly one of the more underrated players of his generation. Hosa finished with 1,134 career points in 1,309 career games between the Blackhawks, Ottawa Senators, Atlanta Thrashers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Detroit Red Wings, with five total trips to the Stanley Cup Final and three Stanley Cup Championships. Unfortunately, Hosa's career came to an abrupt end after the 2016-17 season due to a skin condition that bothered him for numerous years that he fought through. But he probably had another couple solid years left in the tank if he was able to keep playing. Hossa actually scored 26 goals in his final season of professional hockey, and he remained as sturdy as they come defensively, which is something that always flew under the radar in the NHL's eyes. Hossa was such a terrific two-way player, and it's truly a shame that he never won a Selkie Trophy. There are so many great clips out there of Hosa swiping the puck away from a defender or stealing an outlet pass and turning it into a highlight reel goal. He was just a fantastic all-around hockey player, and wow, do I miss watching Hosa suit up for the Hawks every night because it was just a blessing to have him on our side for eight seasons. And during those eight seasons with the Blackhawks, I don't think it's a coincidence that the team made the postseason every year and then immediately after he's forced to retire, things completely fall apart in the organization. Hosa was such a big part of the Blackhawks' success. He did all the little things right. He was a professional in every aspect of the game. You could put him anywhere in the lineup and he was just going to succeed. Just one of those guys that you're lucky to have on your team. I honestly think if Hosa played the center position, he would have gotten more recognition for his defensive game and possibly could have won a Selkie trophy or two during his time because he was a force to be reckoned with on the back check. Like, those highlights of him stealing the puck, like, there's that one from Datsuk where he, like, Datsuk steals it from him and then Hosa goes back and steals it right back from him. Like, those clips are just awesome. Like, those guys in the NHL, they're, they're far and few. There's not many guys that can do the things that he can do on both ends of the puck or both sides of the puck, so... Shout out to Marion Hosa, really, really uh, well-deserved. He gets in in his first year of eligibility, so that, that was really awesome to see. And also something I wanted to mention is I was just talking about his defensive game and uh, possibly 
you know, getting snubbed out of a Selkie trophy or two, we saw former NHLer Patrick O'Sullivan go on Twitter and say, uh, quote, Marion Hosa was an absolute animal and should have won the Selkie trophy several times if voters were incompetent by thinking you need to be a center. One of the best two-way players I've ever seen. Close quote there. Uh, but O'Sullivan, he's not wrong. The league has awarded the trophy to a center for 15 consecutive seasons now with Pavel Datsuk and Patrice Bergeron being responsible for seven of those in a 10-year span. Not to say that they're not deserving, but it just felt like for a little bit there, the league wasn't really looking at anyone else besides those two guys to give the award to. Like, Hosa, maybe he wasn't better than those guys in the all-around defensive game. He didn't take the face-offs that those guys had to. But he certainly was deserving of more credit than uh, he got during you know his time with the Blackhawks because not only was he putting up nearly a point per game in those eight seasons, but he was also you know just as good as Jonathan Taze was I think defensively, arguably even better. Like, and Taze Taze got his Selkie Trophy, which also he deserved because he was like a sixty percent faceoff man that year. So maybe being a winger did cost Hosa his uh, Selkie Trophy or two, and I kind of think that's unfair. I, th- I think the league should have given him more of a look, but yada, 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 I could keep going on about this topic. Either way, it's nice to see Hosa getting the recognition he deserves, and now that his hockey career is over, he's in the Hall of Fame, it's all set in stone, I wonder if there could be some future for him in the Blackhawks front office or something along those lines sometime down the road. You know the team would welcome him with open arms as they have with so many of their former players from those Stanley Cup runs. So maybe that's something we could see Big Hoss doing in the next couple of years if he so chooses to re-involve himself in professional hockey. Alright, now it's time to talk about the Blackhawks' second Hall of Fame inductee of Wednesday afternoon, which is legendary defenseman and good old number 24, Doug Wilson. But first, I need to talk to you about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bilt Bar comes in a variety of different chocolate nut or nut-free flavors, such as salted chocolate caramel, banana chocolate cream, and double chocolate mousse, all of which are completely covered in 100% real chocolate. Bilt Bars are tremendously tasty and also health-conscious, so you can enjoy a delicious snack while also staying fit. All of the bars are at 170 calories or less, high in protein, and high in fiber. What more could you want from a protein bar that tastes like candy? Built Bar is also currently offering an insane discount deal with up to 50% off on everything due to an inventory closeout, so make sure to go to BuiltBar.com to take advantage of that right now. Another awesome thing about Built Bar is that they are now donating 100% of their profits to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. So not only is Built Bar a terrific tasting and healthy protein bar, but they are also donating all their profits to a tremendous cause. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today to get a health-conscious snack option and help be part of the solution. Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Hockey. That's capital T-A-L-K-I-N, capital H-A-W-K-E-Y for all the latest Blackhawks news. Also, make sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcasts and also on Twitter, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, so you can get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. 
Okay, so I just finished talking about Marion Hosa being announced as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now it's time to talk about the Blackhawks' second Hall of Fame inductee from the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame class, and that is legendary defenseman Doug Wilson. Wilson waited a long time for his Hall of Fame phone call, 24 years to be exact, as he's been eligible since 1996, but none of that matters anymore as he's now officially in the Hall and he's very, very deserving of the nomination. Wilson is one of the best offensive defensemen in NHL history, as his .81 points per game average is the ninth best among blue liners with at least 650 games played in their career. Wilson won the Norris Trophy with the Blackhawks back in 1982, and he was also a top-four finisher for the award on three separate occasions as well. He spent 14 of his 16 years in the NHL with the Blackhawks, and he's the all-time leader by a defenseman in most major stat categories. The sixth overall pick in the 1977 NHL Draft leads all Blackhawks defensemen in goals with 225, assists with 554, points with 779, power play goals with 80, power play points with 355, shorthanded goals with 9, and game-winning goals with 22. Now, I know it was a different time and it was easier to score goals back in the day, but considering all that Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook have done during their extended tenures with the Blackhawks, it's pretty impressive that Wilson still holds the lead in most of these categories, and for a lot of them, it's not even close quite frankly. Wilson's 225 goals with the team leads second place Bob Murray by nearly 100. Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith also combined don't have as many goals as Doug Wilson did in his 14 years with the Hawks, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Wilson also has 169 more points than the second place Keith does, so it's going to be tough for number two to break that record as well. After his time with the Blackhawks, Wilson went on to play two more NHL campaigns with the San Jose Sharks, where he was the first captain in team history, and he's now actually their general manager, but in those two years... He tallied 48 points to give him 827 on his career, which is the 15th most by a defenseman in NHL history. So Wilson was obviously very deserving of this award. He had one hell of a career, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't have his number hanging up in the United Center by now. I never got to see the guy play in person, but I've seen a bunch of his highlights, and obviously I've seen the standout numbers, so to me, it's a little surprising that the Blackhawks haven't retired his number yet, and I wonder if they have something coming in the future now that he's officially a Hockey Hall of Famer. It's also worth mentioning that Wilson has done a pretty solid job as GM of the Sharks, as the team has made the postseason in 15 of the 17 seasons under his wing, including five appearances to the Western Conference Finals and one Stanley Cup final showing in 2016. So not only was Wilson a tremendous player on the ice, but he seems to know what he's doing on the business side of the game as well. So one more time... Congratulations to both Marion Hossa and Doug Wilson, and also the rest of the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame class for being selected to one of the highest honors in the game. All right, I think that is going to take us to our third and final segment of today's episode, which is something new that I'm going to be doing with the NHL's 2014 postseason kicking off in just about a month. But first, I need to take a moment to talk about something important. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And, in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter.
I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey, or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, for any questions regarding the Blackhawks, myself, or simply just life in general. So we've already talked about Marion Hossa and Doug Wilson being selected as part of the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame class. Now it's time for me to debut a new segment called Regular Season Recap, where I recap one Blackhawks player's regular season, just as a bit of a refresher on how their year went, before the Hawks are hopefully going to take on the Edmonton Oilers in the best of five playing series in just about a month. The NHL announced that teams will travel to their hub cities on either the 26th or 27th of July before playing an exhibition game, and then the postseason starts somewhere I'd guess around the 1st of August or something like that, so I figure I have 30 or 40 days or so until that kicks off, which should give me just enough time to cover the Blackhawks' entire roster. Now, if you follow my Blackhawks Twitter account, then you may have saw me tweet about the same subject, as I will be writing daily regular season recap articles as well, but just to make sure you listeners aren't getting the same content twice, I'll be sure to talk about a different player on the podcast than I am writing about that day. So the first player that will be featured on our regular season recap segment is going to be your captain, Jonathan Taze. So to give a quick recap of Taze's 2019-20 campaign, it was a bit of a struggle for Johnny out of the gate, which was tough to see after such a bounce-back season last year, where he posted career highs in goals, assists, and points. In the first 11 games of the year, Taze posted just one goal and one assist, and it looked like it was going to be another offensive struggle of a season. But then, it was like Johnny flipped a switch, as in the final 59 games of the season, he tallied 17 goals and 41 assists for 58 points, so nearly back at that point-per-game pace we saw last season, which was really good to see. The Hawks need him to produce offensively if they want to get anything done in this postseason, so hopefully Taze picks, picks up right where he left off in the regular season. As for the rest of Taze's numbers, you know how he is, as sturdy as they come. He was right on with his career average of nearly 20 minutes per night, along with a 57.3 face-off win percentage, so right where we want him there. Taze also recorded 56 hits this season, which is his most since the 2015-16 season, so for whatever reason, he was a little more physical than normal this year. One thing to note also is that Johnny's shooting percentage was a bit low at 10.5%, which is right around where it was when he was struggling to produce offensively from 2017 to 2019. But besides those three seasons, he's never had a shooting percentage below 12.4%, and his second lowest to that 12.4% is 13.7%, so those three seasons really could be outliers, and maybe just some unlucky bounces were the cause for Taze's offensive struggles. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. That's hockey. We saw that exact same situation with Alex Dabrinkit this season, as he just didn't get the same bounces he did last year. Those things can happen. So, Taze did score a career-low 18 goals this season, but his 42 assists were the fourth most of his career and the second most since 2010-2011, so even though he wasn't scoring goals, he was still effective offensively for the Blackhawks. Now taking a look at Taze's possession numbers, he did have the worst of his career in that department, but I think that could be because he had to do more offensively than he's used to, as the Hawks really struggled in the depth scoring department this year. You, you know how reliably Johnny is defensively, so these numbers don't tell the complete story, He's one of the best two-way forwards in the entire league, year in, year out. As for the line combos, Taze spent a lot of the season playing alongside Dominic Kubalik, and the two displayed noticeable chemistry together during the second half of the season. So, I'd expect the Blackhawks to roll with the top line of Saad, Taze, and Kubalik for the opening round series against the Edmonton Oilers, with Johnny matching up against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. 
essentially every time they're on the ice. It's the only way to stop them. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Jonathan Taze's regular season recap and also Thursday, June 25th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and make sure to give the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page a follow at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it's out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the next month or so. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks Twitter account, at TalkinHockey. That's capital T-A-L-K-I-N, capital H-A-W-K-E-Y. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you again for listening.